This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. Welcome into the Inside Carolina Football Recruiting Podcast presented to you by Giant T-Shirt and GiantT-Shirt.com. I'm your host, Ross Martin. And as always, I'm joined by the Don Callahan. What's going on, Don? Not too much. It was great. The last time that we recorded a podcast, we actually did it in person and it worked as far as the uh, the technical stuff that, that Buck was definitely worried about. So that was kind of an interesting sort of experience for you and I to... Uh, have a conversation in front of a group of people and then sit up there and and take questions. Yeah, for sure. That was definitely fun at the signing day party last Wednesday. Make sure to go check out that podcast. It was a little bit different. It was a live podcast from Inside Carolina's signing day event. It's on uh, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts or, or on the message board as well. So make sure you listen to that podcast. We are coming to you on Monday afternoon, there's been a lot of news and developments. We wanted to get this podcast a little bit earlier in the week. There's two more commitments for this UNC's 2021 class, some coaching changes. So just a lot of news. We didn't want to wait until Wednesday or Thursday to get this out to you. I wanted to record one after uh, Tim Brewster's exit from UNC, but, but Don didn't want to. Couldn't be bothered, so we um, moved it uh, a little bit later. And it worked out well because uh, two more players committed to UNC. Right, Don? Yeah, yeah, and I kind of envisioned that, so that's why I wanted to have as much <laughs> bang for my buck in our uh, in our podcast. Yeah, so no more delay. We'll get right into it. Monday afternoon here, Gavin Blackwell, a four-star wide receiver, has committed to UNC, uh, becoming the here becoming the fifth commitment for this UNC class and the fifth in-state player and a top, you know, one of the top players in the state. And he follows the commitment of Gabe Stevens, another four-star in-state guy, more of an athlete slash kind of defensive back who committed to UNC on Friday. So two more commitments to this class, bringing the total to five for the Tar Heels in 2021. We're going to start with that. And before moving into um, so those two commitments, then move into a little more general 2021 talk with momentum, some other names that, that might pop soon. Um, UNC is in a dead period here. All of college football recruiting is in a dead period, but we're going to try to get some intel from Don about um, what's going on with 2021 class head into the spring. And then we'll close with some talk about Tim Brewster. And you know he left UNC and is with Florida now. You know He was a big-time recruiter for the Tar Heels, their ace recruiter. So what, how does that change UNC's recruiting from a, from a staff perspective, uh, what areas he targeted, and, and in general, the impact of Tim Brewster leaving UNC? That sound good, Don? It sounds awesome. Let's get rolling. Okay. And, and first, we're going to po- postpone the top five to the next podcast. There's too much info, too much intel. 
too much news with this podcast. Remember, we're, we're asking you to give us your top five football games for the 2020 season. You're most DM Don on Twitter, email Don, or give a private message on Inside Carolina. Don, you want to provide that information for how guys can reach you to give you their top five um, games they're most excited for, UNC games for the 2020 season. Yeah, I want to clarify UNC games. Um, at first yes. he said just games, so just so nobody gets confused. UNC games on Twitter, I am at Don Callahan IC. I think it's just Don Callahan on Inside Carolina's message board. And you just use those unless you really want to use email. That's probably my least preferred um, is uh, Don at InsideCarolina.com. There you have it. All right, let's go jump right into it. Gavin Blackwell committed to UNC just uh, you know moments ago, recording this after that commitment. A 5'11.5", or 165-pound wide receiver from Sun Valley High School. He is ranked number 84 in the nation, number 14 wide receiver, and number four prospect in the state of North Carolina. That's the 24-7 sports composite rankings. Don, we were kind of expecting this. The crystal ball turned it that way. He's visited UNC multiple times. He is former high school teammates with UNC quarterback Sam Howe. Break down how his recruitment went and, and how eventually he landed with the Tar Heels. Yeah, so this from the beginning just seemed like, as, well, maybe not since from the beginning, but as soon as Sam Howe committed to North Carolina, switched his commitment from Florida State to North Carolina and signed with North Carolina, it seemed like Blackwell would follow suit. And that's mostly because you know they aren't just former teammates and former quarterback, wide receiver connections. They are super close. Sam really took Gavin underneath his wing and took him around to a lot of recruiting visits and on all of them made sure to introduce Gavin to whoever he was talking to, whatever recruiter. Uh, I remember what the first time I met Gavin was Sam introducing me to Gavin and he said, this is the next uh, big time recruit from Sun Valley High School that you're going to be covering. So you better get to know him. Um, so g- given that connection, and then you add in the fact that Sam had such an unbelievable season this past uh, uh, football season, uh, it just seemed inevitable that that uh, Gavin would follow uh, Sam to Chapel Hill. There was a little bit of, I guess, concern here and there because he grew up, uh, I don't know if you want to call it Ohio State fan, but he wanting to play for Ohio State and Ohio State offered him. Uh, you know, schools like Florida and LSU also really kind of, um, I guess, interest him, enticed him. He made visits to those schools. But I think the, really the turning point even though I've always felt all along North Carolina would be this election, but the turning point was was recently when Ohio State just kind of started to drift away from Gavin, and I think he started to realize, you know what, I don't I don't like that feeling. I get the complete opposite feeling when it comes to North Carolina, so that's where I want to go. And in these, he made two visits to North Carolina in January, and I'm sure all those visits and being around some of the other guys who have just recently committed contributed to him deciding to make a verbal commitment on Monday. Yeah, I mean, he has some big-time offers, uh, Florida, LSU, Ohio State, uh, Florida State, you know, a bunch of ACC schools, Maryland, Missouri, Penn State, South Carolina, Tennessee. I mean, he, he is a national recruit when you look at his offer list, a really good player. Um, and you kind of mentioned it. You know, I guess why now, it, it, other than waiting? Is he just Was it just North Carolina the whole time, or, or once Ohio State drifted away, that's when he, it became clear that, you know, it was it was more of a North Carolina recruitment for him, or, or do you think the other schools outside of, of the uh, Tar Heels had chances with him? 
I, I think ultimately it's going to be North Carolina, but I think the, the Ohio state um, situation when they kind of drift away, that just kind of just basically sealed it. It was weird because when we ran that story and this was, I guess a few weeks ago, uh, there was a lot of, um, a lot of people who read it the posters on our message board. There was a couple of people who took, I guess, saw it negatively with some of the things that Gavin said. And, and I was really surprised by that, but um, really, though, as far as like from Gavin's perspective and, and why he he chose now as opposed to waiting, um, you know, we have a, a Q&A interview up with Gavin on the website. So so I urge everybody to check that out to get it from his side. As far as the Ohio State stuff, that's just me speculating. And obviously, he's not going to say that on a day that he's trying to celebrate a big commitment. For sure. Okay, what does Gavin Blackwell bring to the Tar Heels? What kind of receiver is he? Uh, you've watched him play a couple times. Can you break down his game for our listeners and subscribers? Well, he's a very exciting wide receiver. I mean, he's a kid who plays with a lot of – he just seems like he has a whole lot of fun playing football. And it doesn't matter if he's winning or if he's losing. He's a very emotional guy. Definitely he'll he'll skip out there to his position. He'll goof around. Like a little bit of a – for those – and I and, – God, he hasn't played the NFL for a very long time, but personality-wise, like a Ocho Cinco, just kind of goofing around with the opponents, um, just just really just having a really good time. But he's also, as far as you know, on the field sort of thing, he's an all-around wide receiver. So he probably, if you look at his his size and his um, his quickness, you think slot, but he's talented enough. Uh, he's and, and is able to you know high point the ball so consistently and track the ball so consistently uh, that uh, he could play the outside receiver, whether it be the split end or flanker. Um, but so he's a guy that really you can just kind of plug in wherever you need to. Good stuff. And, and his impact on the 2021 class. I mean, it seems like he's close with a, a bunch of other targets. I know we'll get to this a little bit more. I mean, how. It's just kind of I mean, it's just all. I mean, it's all Charlotte guys, Charlotte area guys, Power Eccles, Gabe Stevens, Dontavious Nash, and a bunch of other guys. You know, how much impact will he have, or did that have on him and his decision? I guess we'll get into that a little more later in the podcast. Yeah, so I think it didn't hurt. It definitely didn't hurt. I don't think he's overly um, like close with any of North Carolina's prior commitments. Um, not to say he's not friends with them or isn't familiar with them. I think really what you're going to see is his impact on a lot of other guys, such as Evan Pryor, um, you know, guys that he's close to, mostly guys who he plays on the – he's on the um, Carolina Stars 707 team, which is probably you know, one of the one of the – if not the best, one of the top two 707 teams in North Carolina is based out of Charlotte, and he's has been teammates with a lot of those uh, those top recruits from that Charlotte area because of being a part of that team. Who else is on that team? Did, did Evan Pryor just join that team? I, uh, I believe I want to say Evan Pryor's on that team. I know that um, Ray uh, Rose was on the team last year. Um, well, Shalik uh, Mays not, on um, Mays. I'm trying to think. I, uh, I'm getting the two, the two major teams confused. Okay. I, I don't. I don't believe Mays is on the team. Okay. All right. Anything else on Gavin Blackwell before we move on? No, I just. I just think he's going to be one of those guys because we we talked about. I think we talked about at the at the podcast um, signing day party a week ago about guys who could potentially 
really kind of help with continuing the momentum in state. And I think that, that uh, Blackwell is definitely one of those guys. For sure. And, you know, he, you know, we always thought this guy was going to be a Tar Heel, but this is a big time commitment. I mean, 84 in the nation, you know, that's, that's better than, um, than uh, Desmond Evans was ranked. In the yeah, I would, composite, you know, I, you know, before people get too happy about that, I just feel like, and no one wants to hear this right now from me, I promise. Uh, and I don't want to say it, but I just feel like he's kind of a candidate that's going to drop once they redo the rankings. And that's not anything Black against, Will. yeah, Blackwell. That's not anything against his talent or anything like that. I just think that um, he received a huge ranking very early on when he was a sophomore. And I think that the um, the market is going to start to kind of adjust for him once some of these other guys are put into the ranking. Again, nothing against him. I'm not saying anything uh, badly about against him. It's just my feeling and what I've kind of um, gathered from talking to the evaluators. And I don't necessarily disagree with him. I, th- I feel like him being that high is is uh, it's, a, it's a little too high for him, in my opinion. There you have it. All right, let's move right along to the Friday commitment, which was Gabe Stevens out of Mountain Island Charter in Mount Holly, North Carolina. He is listed as an athlete. I think you expect him to play more of a safety. Is that correct? Well, he I actually expect him to play an outside linebacker, you know, one of those uh, stand-up okay. positions that are rushing the quarterback a lot. Really? Okay. And he's played some cornerback, though, too, right? Yeah, so that's the interesting thing about him was I remember when I first met him when he was a freshman, he was a tall, lanky cornerback, and he just continued to grow. You know, at one point, everyone says, okay, he's going to be a safety. And then he just continued to grow and continued to fill out. Fill out. And then um, I believe it was last summer, people started to say, okay, this kid is probably going to be a linebacker. And uh, and that's what he mostly played. He was injured a lot last season for um, Mountain Island Charter, but that's what he mostly played. Well, he played basically all over the place, but I guess his primary position was linebacker. But in Jay Bateman's defense, he's going to be one of those outside linebacker guys who is going to drop into cover some, but also is going to uh, rush the passer a lot. Interesting. 240 in the nation, number 16 athlete in the nation, number 13 player in the state of North Carolina per the 24-7 sports composite rankings. You know, a huge frame. I, I read your article where, you know, he's projected to maybe grow even more to maybe 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. Um, so that'd be, that would fit the outside linebacker kind of uh, defensive end pass rushing position. 195 right now and a, a frame to put on a lot of weight. Gabe Stevens, a player we've also kind of known about and uh, seemed like a UNC lean for a while. What can you tell us about his recruitment? Yeah, so North Carolina basically took the lead during a visit, a game visit last football season, early game visit last football season. And then from there, I just think it was a matter of kind of making sure these other schools weren't a better fit for him than North Carolina. Um, It wasn't like this strong, like he's definitely going to UNC like it was with Gavin Blackwell. It was more of a, okay, UNC has a lead. Let's see if UNC can kind of hold on to it. You also had the the Elijah Burris situation playing out in the background, and North Carolina obviously had to handle that very delicately or else it could have potentially affected the Gabe Stevens situation, which obviously things played out the way North Carolina wanted. Um, But, yeah, I mean, he took some visits, uh, took a visit to North Carolina and Virginia Tech in the same weekend um, earlier, or I guess it was mid-January, then came back to – 
North Carolina the following weekend for an official junior day and then shortly thereafter committed. Yeah, and you mentioned it. I mean, with uh, Mountain Island Charter, Elijah Burris was committed to UNC forever and ended up not being able to get into UNC or something happened there academically and, and signed with Hampton on signing day. Any concerns there with that relationship or, or with the academic situation that, at Mountain Island Charter? No, from from my understanding is that those at Mountain Island Charter are very happy with how UNC handled the Elijah Burris situation with his academics. He needed some sort of, he needed a higher test score and um, just didn't seem like it was likely that that was going to happen. And so, you know, he found a better situation at Hampton, which I, you know, I, I'm happy for him. I actually, ironically know the head coach at Hampton really well. And, and I was, talking to him and he's really happy that that Burris fell to him but I think the important thing as far as the Gabe Stevens situation is concerned is that the people you know the heck you know Robert Washington the head coach at uh, Mountain Island Charter and everybody else who's involved at Mountain Island Charter were happy with how UNC handled things because if they didn't they weren't going to entrust uh, UNC with Gabe Stevens. Yeah and for Burris you know who's the third linebacker in terms of ranking in UNC's 2020 was going to be pretty deep on the depth chart during his UNC career. So for playing time, a, a better spot for him to go to Hampton and, and be, you know, a bigger fish in a smaller pond there, a division one talent going to a, a smaller school. So hopefully that works out well for all involved. Uh, Gabe Stevens, you talked about his position, you know, you think he involves more into an outside linebacker, especially with his height. Uh, anything else to add about, you know, what he can bring to UNC as a, as a player, as an athlete? No, the only thing I'll say is when I was talking to his his uh, high school coach, he did say that that Gabe is definitely over 200 pounds now, probably closer to 210, which is a good sign. Uh, obviously, he's going to need to add even more weight, but uh, I mean, he's a guy that that really is going to just benefit from uh, getting into a college strength and conditioning program. And he's considering enrolling early. He's he's looking at what he needs to do. Uh, with, at Mountain Island Charter in order to do that. And if he's able to do that, that would be huge for his career and for North Carolina, obviously. Okay, great. And we're going to take a quick break now before we dive into momentum with the 2021 class to talk to you about Johnny T-Shirt and johnnytshirt.com. There are loyal local sponsors of the Inside Carolina podcast. We appreciate what they do for us. And if you want to help our podcast and what we can do and allow us to provide you the scoop and intel. Make sure you go and support Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. They're online and then right on Franklin Street. If you're in town for a, a baseball game, a basketball game, head over to Johnny T-Shirt. So convenient, so local, right there on Franklin Street. Uh, check out their basketball stuff. They're bringing a lot of cool baseball things as well, along with other Olympic sports. And, and you, you can never, never be too early to get started on some football gear, sweatshirts, hats, shirts, gifts. I mean, I think Carolina stuff's great gifts for all – your family and friends. So Johnny T-shirt and Johnny T-shirt.com. Remember inside Carolina subscribers can use the 10% off discount code on the message boards to get uh, yeah discounts off your Johnny T-shirt purchases. So Johnny T-shirt, Johnny T-shirt.com online and on Franklin street. All right, Donnie, let's jump right into 2021. You are posting a scoop on Tuesday with Intel. Um, but I just want to kind of get your thoughts on right now how this class is going. They have some momentum now, and we've thought all along that when a couple pieces start falling, there'll be more and more as this class has a lot of talent in the uh, in the state and a lot of players that are connected. Um, 
you know, Gavin Blackwell, now uh, Gabe Stevens. They have a couple other guys, Dontavious Nash, Power Eccles. What's going on with 2021 as we are in a dead period here, but momentum will start up back in the spring and entering into the summer? Yes. Yeah, so, so things are definitely going good with um, some other guys who haven't made any sort of decisions. We ran a story on Monday on Rhaenyria Dilworth, who has become kind of like a folk hero on the message boards um, just because of uh, his film is just one of those, those films that you just absolutely enjoy watching. But uh, his plan for a while was to commit by the end of the summer and never release favorites. Kind of, I guess, I don't know if it was just to, to keep people guessing or if it was just to kind of not wanting to eliminate anyone. And then all of a sudden, a week ago, he came out with a top five list that included North Carolina and had a lot of positive things to say about North Carolina. Um, will and in plans on returning to UNC uh, next month once the dead period ends. So situations like that are arising where you're kind of forcing guys to, or guys are just speeding up their timeline. You know, Gavin Blackwell is a guy who sped up his timeline. Um, so, I, so I think you're seeing that more and more. Um, there's a bunch of other guys that UNC is in a really good position with that um, maybe not looking to make a decision anytime soon, but, uh, you know, like DeAndre Boykins, who visited in January. We ran a story on him, I guess it was about a, a week ago, um, where he had a lot of positive things to say, but still kind of taking a, a slow approach to the recruiting process. We talked about Evan Pryor, who really I feel like North Carolina is kind of behind uh, because he came out with like a t- – well, he's going to come out with the top six. And he named three of the schools who are guaranteed – a seat at the table and North Carolina wasn't one of them, which in my mind says, okay, North Carolina's behind those three schools, but you know, landing Blackwell is only going to help UNC with a guy like that. He's a four-star running back from um, Huff high school, just outside of Charlotte, a lot of positive things. And I think you're going to see a lot of, a lot more movement once the dead period ends. And actually for North Carolina's purposes, while the coaches get a much needed rest during the dead period, and it kind of protects them from themselves so that they can actually, you know, cool down and spend some time with their family and everything. The dead period actually comes in a not so convenient time because it, it, it does kind of, if you believe in momentum in recruiting, the dead period doesn't really help momentum uh, because you can't have any visits take place. Okay. So you, you named some names, uh, Pryor, uh, DeAndre Boykins, and uh, what's his name here? Renierio Dilworth. Do you call him Ra Ra Dilworth? Ra Ra Dilworth. What do you when you when you talk to him? What do you call him? I call him Ra Ra. Nice. How's that make Ren- you feel? <laughs> well, I feel a lot differently when I say Raniria. Yeah, it's a big time name. Uh, any other players? I mean, any other players first, and I'll have another question for you. I mean, Javari Ritzy teammates with Ra Ra Dilworth or Raniria Dilworth. Uh, you know, uh, okay. Keyshawn Silver is another one that's kind of. You're friends with all that group. Day Day Wilson is another one that actually, I, I can't believe I forgot him, but last week we ran a story where he said he came out with his top six, I believe, if I remember correctly, but uh, told me that North Carolina is his clear leader. And then Jarrett Wilson, who, who takes. Who his, was that guy, the last guy you just said? Day Day, Day, Day Wilson from uh, Kings Day Mountain. Day Day is that. Okay. That's the line, linebacker that visit, visited a couple weeks ago. His first name is Demirion? Oh, I'm sorry. Um, Damien, Damien, Day Day Wilson, kind of, yes, kind of, kind of similar to Ra Ra. Yeah, 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 da da. Ra. And the last guy I wanted to bring up is uh, Jared Wilson, 
who was firmly committed to Georgia for a while. And then Sam Pittman left, and then he visits North Carolina. Um, and then um, shortly thereafter, withdraws his commitment with Georgia and opens up his recruitment completely. So a lot of positive things happen from North Carolina. Yeah, I just noticed that because I remember there was a Georgia commit like kind of deep in the rank. I'm right now I'm looking at the rankings for in-state for North Carolina players in class of 2021. I remember there was this random guy with a Georgia commitment, but he wasn't, you know, wasn't super highly ranked. Uh, Jerry Wilson out of West Forsyth in Clemens, North Carolina. Is he that good that Georgia, that Sam Pittman, Georgia wanted him? And then yeah, so a couple, I guess maybe it was like a month ago now when I ran my um, weekly scoop. And I listed like five or six guys I felt like were in line to add a fourth star. And he definitely is one of them, in my opinion. And I thought that, well, I, I really still feel that way, that he's going to add that fourth star. Um, it, you know, kind of what I was talking about with Gavin Blackwell earlier in the podcast, this is the opposite scenario where this is a guy who I, I believe will receive quite a jump. Uh, once you watch his film, it's, it's unbelievable. I, I haven't seen very many guards at that at his size be able to move the way he moves particularly on 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 pulling blocks and so did georgia drop him or did he decommit from my understanding he decommitted and a lot of that is because he had such a strong relationship with sam Pittman, who ironically i can't remember what, what i don't think it was 24 7 sports it was another another publication that put it out they had their listing of the top recruiters, and for Georgia, Sam Pittman got it, which I just think is – I mean, I get why, and it, it's probably appropriate, but it's just funny that he's now the head coach of a, of a rival school. But uh, you know, Sam Pittman did a really good job at Georgia pulling guys in, establishing relationships, and he did that with, um, with Jared Wilson. And obviously, you take that away, and you know he has to start all over again. So it just makes sense for him to just decommit and, and explore his options. Yeah, interesting one there. I mean, it's 6'4", 325, a guy I don't really know much about. And obviously, you know, Arkansas might be in play for him with mm-hmm. Sam Pittman there. Who knows? Um, but Tar Heels are, are definitely interested, it seems. Yeah, yeah, they're interested. And um, I, when, when I was talking to him, you know, Clemson's in play with him, Florida, Florida State, Ohio State wants him to visit, um, and Tennessee's been on him also. Yeah, one thing I've noticed is not a huge amount of like big offensive linemen or big defensive linemen in state for this class. Obviously, you have Peyton Page at the top. You have this Yusuf Mugabil guy, and then um, and the guy we just talked about, Jerry Wilson. I mean, beyond that, it seems like UNC is going to have to go outside the state to, to land those big type of uh, interior defensive linemen and offensive linemen. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess you could definitely say that. All right, thanks for your awesome insight there, Don. Uh, We're going to take a break now, and we'll be right back to talk all about Tim Brewster's exit from UNC and its effect on, on UNC and UNC's recruiting. That's what you call a tease, Don. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. 
It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount+. And we are back for the Tim Brewster portion of this podcast. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know if it was surprising news, but you know, Brewster had been looking at Texas A&M. He used that to get a raise from Mac Brown, the Tar Heels. And then a month later, kind of quickly, he leaves the Tar Heels for Florida. Um, had connections with Don, with Dan Mullen, um, other reasons uh, how UNC was using the tight end maybe didn't, didn't fit what he wanted to do. Um, but yeah, one of the, one of UNC's best recruiters is now gone. A guy that started up on Twitter was very active and, and was really landed UNC some of their bigger targets in the twenty twenty class. But his his return to UNC was uh, was short. It was uh, a little, little bit over a year, and he's gone. Uh, Don, initial thoughts. We'll dive in a little more. Yeah. So what was always interesting was since I've been covering North Carolina recruiting. There was always this, I guess, thought that a lot of posters really wanted Brewster to come back. They would always bring up the fact that he had a vacation home in North Carolina and couldn't wait for him to come back and just how great a recruiter he was and all that. And then he does, and then you blink and he's gone. And really, I think a lot of people, a lot of fans are kind of left like, man, that wasn't as great as I thought it was going to be. Uh, I know that he was... (laughs) He was involved with a lot of guys, um, but you know, and I mean, and, and there were some big time guys like um, Des Evans that he was very instrumental with, and and helping flip Jonathan Adorno. He was a big part in that. Um, but I think his effects were more the showsmanship on Twitter, as you mentioned, and you know, in, in different events and everything. Definitely has that salesman mentality down for sure um definitely one of those guys that makes you feel like you're a million bucks when you're in front of him sort of thing um and and he was able to do that with certain guys now with the 21 class i don't know i I, at least initially is not going to hurt the 21 class too much we did a story on um bryson nesbitt who is the the one true recruit who is being recruited by Brewster in this class so far that was obviously would have changed eventually that wouldn't have been his only one but um you know it didn't seem like it mattered to Nesbit too much um but definitely check out his quotes and what he had to say on insidecarolina.com uh as I said posted on Monday yeah and just to unpack it a little bit more um yeah you said you know Adorno Des Evans uh Clyde Pinder a lot of big fish and you you've mentioned that I think the timing was is ideal for UNC because they yeah. kind of locked in locked in the 2020 class, mm-hmm. so all his work there was done. That's all locked away, and then they have you know you know what three fourths of a year to next December to work on the 2021 class. So the timing could not have been better for UNC, but obviously not ideal to lose one of your best recruiters. Um, so you, I, mean, I guess yeah, the effect on the 2021 class. You mentioned one player. Do you really think it doesn't affect any other recruitments if they can bring in somebody who can kind of fill that role? I mean, what, what other effects do you think it has on recruiting? I don't know. I feel like you've already answered that, but trying to try. Yeah. To so, so I think that's how that's the effects right now. And what Brewster was was yes, he had a territory, but he was more of kind of like a, um, you know, I big fish guy. Yeah, big fish guy. I was trying to think of like almost like a you know, 
you know, like a hunter sort of thing and you kind of send them out, you know, like hunting a fugitive sort of thing where you're like, all right, we need this guy. Go get him. Uh, he was, yeah. you know, the, the thing was, is, was, um, God, I'm forgetting his name. The, the quarterback that he got committed for like a month. Um, come on, help me out with this. Ma- Malik. Who, yeah. Malik Hornsby. So, yeah. um, his mom's and- name is Seth. <laughs> That's that that she is. Um, and um, anyway, so he went all the way in Texas and convinced this kid to commit to North Carolina. Um, that only really lasted a month. But that's that's the sort of, I guess, role that Mac Brown envisioned for Tim Brewster. And for this class, once they kind of identify the guy and they were like, all right, this guy in New Jersey, we really want him. He would fit great at whatever position, you know, they, they would have they would have sent Brewster on him. So that's why it's more of, you know, how does it affect things now? Um, at, you know, when I, when I talk about the, the Nesbitt situation, it's more of a, more of an effect later on, but I really don't, I really don't know how much, you know, how much of an of a impact it really, how, how much of a big impact it's going to have or negative impact it's going to have. Cause I think initially you think ACE recruiter, you're losing your ACE recruiter. That's a huge loss. I mean, obviously it's a loss, but I don't know if it's that huge of a loss, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, he's one of 10 recruiters for UNC, one of 10 coaches that can recruit. So there's other guys out there. I mean, Tommy Thigpen has, has quietly done well, I would imagine. Uh, Jay Bateman, Phil Longo, both of, of the new recruiters. Uh, Lonnie Galloway, um, Tim Cross, Dre Bly. I mean, there's just the list goes on of guys you think have, have had an impact so far. And that will continue, especially if UNC can bring in a, another Big name recruiter, uh, obviously, with the article that Buck wrote today about John Lilly being a candidate to fill Tim Bruce's role, or even um, there's a bunch of other names as well that, that could be consideration for the tight end coaching stop. Um, I guess it hurts, but maybe not as big of an impact once you kind of step back and look at that. Is that kind of accurate? Yeah, and I think once you kind of lay down all the different recruiters, I think I guess my my the way I kind of sum it up is that I feel like North Carolina has a bunch of really good recruiters on their staff and Brewster was one of them. And once you kind of take him away, it's not like a huge loss because there's so many other good recruiters on the staff. And especially if you bring in a guy like, you know, Lily, or we've heard Chad Scott being thrown around. I, I think whoever it is, will be able to, if it's one of those two, we'll be able to kind of, fit in pretty nicely and kind of continue things as they were rolling. Yeah, of course. And, um, you know, you just, I think UNC fans like love that he was just so vocal on Twitter. He was bashing yes. NC state. Yeah. He these, the emojis, the gifs, the hype. Mm-hmm. It was kind of fun to, to kind of have a guy like that. Um, do you for, have for a football. favorite, do you have a favorite Tim Brewster tweet? Um, I mean, when he was, t- I mean, it was, I was actually going through them. I was trying to think about – I would do, like, a greatest hits on Tim Brewster <laughs> tweets. Um, well, we, when he tweeted at, at the Florida coaches for offering Clyde Pender late, oh. it's the irony of, of him end up going to Florida and Tim Bru- and uh, Clyde Pender coming to UNC, picking them over Florida, that whole kind of irony there. I mean, pouring gas – I'm looking at him right now. Pouring gas on the fire with flame emojis. Um you know, building a monster on the hill, just tons of goofy emojis. You wouldn't expect a grown man to be tweeting. Um, GIFs, you know, great to be a Tar Heel, just hyping up Mac. 
one more bomb to drop tonight for the Tar Heels. It's the Tar Heel party. I mean, what about you? We can kind of just go through a little as much fun stuff we can talk about. Yeah, like the, some, this, this is our last lasting memory of of Tim Brewster. This is his his lasting impact right here on the podcast. Yeah, we should have we should have I guess uh, prepared a little bit better and had like our own top five. Yeah, it's, like, yeah, music I, I definitely. Will, I will remember you. I will remember you. Yeah, or we can just settle for uh, the vocal cords of Ross Martin. Um, so. I guess mine is I, I was trying to look for it is one of his earlier ones, but it's something along the lines of um, we have the answers to the test. Yeah, yeah, that was NC State. Which, something like that. Which some of his stuff, I don't know if it made a whole lot of sense, but it sounded great and it definitely made me chuckle. I mean, is that were you the same way? No, I mean all these are so goofy. I mean, look, I'm pretty deep now. I'm into July. It says University of North Carolina. Tar Heel tight ends, and I think they had one player catch nine passes that year. Um, these men been grinding tonight. We are swimming and eating. It's a picture of the tight ends in the pool. Um, I mean, it's just like a bunch of – it's just hype. It was, I mean, it was, it was fun to kind of watch. I mean, I had his alerts turned on, so I'd see all his tweets. So Yeah, it was – cool. uh, it, it, you almost kind of wonder just, just with how random some of them were just – what goes through that guy's brain? You know what I mean? <laughs> Definitely interesting guy. The vision is so clear, and it's happening right before your eyes. I just loved how vague they were, and you yes. just like people be like, "What does it mean?" And they're just yes. like, they're out of nowhere, so vague. This place is dripping with uh, some drip, drip emotion. Well, I, so, so I have swag. I know that you wanted some other stories, and I can't get into those on a on a public podcast, but. Um, one, this was early on, well, actually probably about a year ago, was when North Carolina got a bunch of commitments, and then he made some sort of very vague tweet that basically inferred that there was another one. And I remember talking to a source, and I was like, hey, is there, am I missing one? I thought, you know, I was on point with all this stuff. And they said, yeah, we were confused too. During a um, a staff meeting, someone asked him about it, and he was like, "Yeah, I just threw it out there just to kind of keep the buzz going." So, <laughs> so that's kind of the mentality that that he had was, you know, just to kind of keep things rolling, and and that was going to help North Carolina. It definitely made it fun for me, and it sounds yeah, like for you uh, too. Here's one, here's one from May: the Rocket Man coming to Blue Heaven, not playing. <laughs> this is real right now. Yeah. So and I remember with, those. With, tweet with him and mac he said i'm sitting out sitting next to mac right now we just are smiling <laughs> it's like all right yeah so yeah is there anything else the, any other stories the how, rocket- how about this one there there's a there's a new sheriff in north carolina and he's getting things done just watch hashtag get on board yeah no i mean we really should are you so you going to do a story with with his greatest hits I mean, I thought about maybe like tweeting some out. I don't know. It's kind of hard to package them. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's almost kind of late now. But yeah, I'm, it is. Now I'm in April. Funny how time flies when you're having fun. Um, yeah. He was a character, and and definitely you liked him on your side, and you probably hate him when he's on the opposition. Like I'm sure yeah. NC State fans hate, hated him. Yeah, and North he Carolina talked so fans. Much yeah, North Carolina fans are going to be too happy if UNC and Florida end up going head-to-head for a guy. Yeah, for sure. 
All right, good stuff. Um, so we had Gavin Blackwell, Gabe Stevens. We had some talk about the 2021 momentum. A lot of information this podcast, and of course, closed with Tim Brewster. Um, anything else, Don? So hold on, I found another one. Changing a tire on 85 in Atlanta. Not much fun, but the show must go on and game watch. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> Hashtag let's go. I'm sorry. Um, no, nothing much. I mean, obviously a packed week. Um, and so, uh, yeah, fun week. There you go. Always right after signing day. We- <laughs> well, no, the irony of all that is like, how long ago does signing day feel? For me, it you feels like it Wednesday was, sign- yeah, it feels like it was like three weeks ago and it was, yeah. Not, and and it really like week. signing day has really changed, um, with how big the December one is. I mean, it is, we didn't have no one signed with UNC uh, in February. It was yeah. all, all in December. I mean, it's completely switched and it, it, it took two years. All right. Awesome. Don appreciate it. Appreciate y'all listening um, to the inside Carolina football recruiting podcast. Talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to another podcast from inside Carolina.com. Brought to you by johnnytshirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase. It only takes two minutes of sheer horror. A new Paramount Plus original docuseries. We were dealing with a serial killer preying on elderly women. A cold-blooded killer hidden in plain sight. He's suffocating people with a pillows. Leaving corpses all over Texas. How did it happen? I was responsible for her. The guilt is immeasurable. They covered it up. Pillowcase Murders, now streaming exclusively on Paramount+.